floor. The prodigious muscular power which nature seemed to have bestowed upon his arms, by way of compensation for deficiency in the lower limbs, enabled him to perform many feats of wonderful dexterity, where trees or ropes were in question, or anything else to climb. At such exercises he certainly much more resembled a squirrel, or a small monkey, than a frog. I am not able to say, with precision, from what country Hop Frog originally came. It was from some barbarous region, however, that no person ever heard of, a vast distance from the court of our king. Hop Frog, and a young girl very little less dwarfish than himself, although of exquisite proportions and a marvelous dancer, had been forcibly carried off from their respective homes in adjoining provinces and sent as presents to the king by one of his ever-victorious generals. Under these circumstances, it is not to be wondered at that a close intimacy arose between the two little captives. Indeed, they soon became sworn friends. Hopfrog, who, although he made a great deal of sport, was by no means popular, had it not in his power to render Trippetta many services. But she, on account of her grace and exquisite beauty, although a dwarf, was universally admired and petted. So she possessed much influence and never failed to use it whenever she could for the benefit of Hopfrog. On some grand state occasion, I forget what, the king determined to have a masquerade, and whenever a masquerade or anything of that kind occurred at our court, then the talents, both of Hopfrog and Trippetta, were sure to be called into play. Hopfrog, in especial, was so inventive in the way of getting up pageants, suggesting novel characters, and arranging costumes for masked balls, that nothing could be done, it seems, without his assistance. The night appointed for the fate had arrived. A gorgeous hall had been fitted up under Trippetta's eye, with every kind of device which could possibly give eclat to a masquerade. The whole court was in a fever of expectation. As for costumes and characters, it might well be supposed that everybody had come to a decision on such points. Many had made up their minds as to what roles they should assume a week or even a month in advance. And, in fact, there was not a particle of indecision anywhere except in the case of the king and his seven ministers. Why they hesitated, I could never tell, unless they did it by way of a joke. More probably, they found it difficult, on account of being so fat, to make up their minds. At all events, time flew, and as a last resort, they sent for Trippetta and Hopfrog. When the two little friends obeyed the summons of the king, they found him sitting at his wine, with the seven members of his cabinet council, but the monarch appeared to be in a very ill humor. He knew that Hopfrog was not fond of wine, for it excited the poor cripple almost to madness, and madness is no comfortable feeling. But the king loved his practical jokes, and took pleasure in forcing Hopfrog to drink, and, as the king called it, to be merry. Come here, Hopfrog said he, as the jester and his friend entered the room. 
Swaddle this bumper to the health of your absent friends. Here, Hopfrog sighed. And then let us have the benefit of your invention. We want characters. Characters, man. Something novel. Out of the way. We are wearied with this everlasting sameness. Come, drink. The wine will brighten your wits. Hopfrog endeavored, as usual, to get up a jest in reply to these advances from the king. But the effort was too much. It happened to be the poor dwarf's birthday, and the command to drink to his absent friends forced the tears to his eyes. Many large, bitter drops fell into the goblet as he took it, humbly, from the hand of the tyrant. Ah, ha, ha, roared the latter, as the dwarf reluctantly drained the beaker. See what a glass of good wine can do.